Hello there and welcome to episode 10 of Nothing Else Matters, the music podcast that's setting out to try and establish what we think are the definitive 100 greatest albums ever recorded. To do that, we're using the original Rolling Stone list of the top 100, reviewing five a week and voting them in and out. We have done 45 so far and we're about 60% strike rate voted in. So that tells you we're, we're sort of voting quite a few out as well. Uh, so we've got uh, a few of our friends with us tonight, so we'll do some introductions. So we have from the right, Lisa. Good evening. How are we? Hi, good. Thanks. Good stuff. Um, Stephen, how you doing, mate? Good evening, guys. How are we all doing? All right? We are very well, thank you. Um, George, how are we doing, sir? Get up, you. Get up, you too. Um, George will be good tonight. And uh, we also have some guests from time to time. So tonight we have a special guest and that special guest is a friend, a singer, songwriter, musician, and to quote Ian Smith from a couple of days ago, the biggest star in the city of Glasgow, unquote, Graham Skinner. Hey, what was that? That's a, that's a quote. Uh-huh. Hi, good evening, Graham. How are we doing? I'm great. Where, where was that? Because I, I was looking for that. Because I saw that. Yeah, I bet you will. Yeah, too, right? I thought, <laughs> I'm not used to that kind of... You know, I'll, um, I'll find it and send oh, it on to you. Rubbish. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, yeah, anyway. Graham, thanks very much for coming along, mate. Um, delighted, and uh, hopefully you'll have a bit of fun tonight as well. So, um, so John's not with us tonight, but he's given us our votes. And uh, we've also asked our previous guests, uh, Chris Thompson and David Ross, uh, to give us their votes as well. Uh, which we're hoping to try and do going forward so that we can sort of build up the, the sort of voting group. Um, gives it a bit more fun and a bit more credibility. So if I can remember to vote everyone in, I'll, I'll tell you how that goes at the end of each album. All righty. Um, Lisa, Stephen, just before we start, you went on last week. So is there any any albums or anything that you want to think about vetoing or are you happy with what we voted in or out? I'm happy. Stephen? it was but he no i can't remember either i'm just giving you the chance <laughs> i think at the time i was happy <laughs> all right cool we'll just move on Stephen. you're okay as well mate i'm cool mate cool. brilliant let's go so uh, first album from the list number 55 is pink floyd the dark side of the moon so i'll just read you out the rolling stone quote that accompanies the recommendation i think every album was a step towards dark side of the moon keyboardist rick wright said we were learning all the time the techniques of the recording and our writing was getting better as a culmination of their inner space explorations of the early 70s, the Floyd toured the bulk of Dark Side in Britain for months prior to recording, but in the studio, the band articulated bassist Roger Waters' reveries on the madness of everyday life with melodic precision, breathe us and them, and cinematic luster, Claire Torrey's guest vocal aria, The Great Gig in the Sky. Dark Side is one of the best produced rock albums ever, and Money may be rock's only top 20 hit in 7-4 time. So that is uh, Pink Floyd, 55, Dark Side of the Moon, released in March 1973. So, George, do you want to take us away, mate? Tell us about Pink Uh, Floyd. You say 7-4 time for money. Uh, The the whole song is on 7-4 time, just to be a bit pedantic. The the guitar solo is in 4-4 time. It kicks into four four time for the solo, so that's just a wee pedantic bit there. But I, I had a real dislike for for Floyd for years, and it was primarily because of Floyd fans. Uh, I felt they were almost as bad as Rush fans, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that, put, that honestly put me off for decades because I didn't like the people who liked Floyd, basically. Yeah, about 20 years ago, I was a, a friend of mine, a guy called Tony Peterson down in London, who's a, a dear friend of mine, big Floyd man, and I liked him. And we had a big argument about Dark Side of the Moon. I was like, I don't fucking way on God's earth am I going to listen to this and like it? And he went, please have a listen. Get your headphones on and just get into it one night. Uh, and I did. And I, I loved it. I was I was absolutely blown away by uh, how good it was. And I, and I got it instantly. Uh, and I felt really embarrassed for kicking it down the road for so many years. It's it's such a good album. And it was it was lovely to hear it again. I hadn't heard it in maybe about I hadn't heard it in its entirety in about 10, 15 years or something. But it's 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 a cracking album. It really is. It's um, and what is it you like about it, George? So much uh, Primarily the songs and the, the, the playing on it. Gilmore, for me, is probably rock music's most tasteful guitar player. There's not too much historics going on with, with Dave Gilmore. His playing is very understated. Really like his playing. Rick Wright as well is a, is a keyboard player. It's, it's, it's subtle and it's effective. Um, and even though Roger Waters... He isn't quite given into that sort of, you know, songs as therapy kind of thing that he seemed to get into a bit later on with things like The Wall and the uh, pros and cons of hitchhiking. This is probably his most effective work. Uh, you know, the, the, the casts, you know, the people who are on it, you know, you've got Alan Parsons. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a Alan Parsons' music in his own right, but as an engineer, producer, outstanding. And mm -hmm. you've got Doris Troy, Leslie Duncan on this as well, great backing vocalist, but Claire Torrey's great gig in the sky, her, you know, her uh, orgasmic vocal riff on great gig in the sky, rightly won her uh, a credit on the record, you know, later on. It's, 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 a, it's a fantastic album uh, it works on you know the initial level you know and then it works on far deeper levels as well it's, it's a very visceral um heartfelt album it's, it's sharp and it's it's at times quite soft so i i, I really liked it and I, I felt it was one of the only three floyd albums that, I, that i've liked I, I got into floyd a wee bit after mm. i heard this and the, the the other ones that I liked were the ones that directly followed us. Uh, Wish you were hearing animals. They were the ones that, that I liked. After that, when you get into the wall, it became a bit too uh, a bit too heavy and a bit too up its own arse. Mm -hmm. This is just right, and I, I get why people dug it, mm -hmm. uh, and I still love it. It was lovely to go back to it. It's it's like a piece of art. So this was their eighth studio album. Um, and they hadn't done one for a couple of years. I think Meadow was the Meadow, yeah. The previous album before that, which was still a bit, I'll say hippie-ish for want of a, a better phrase. Um, but obviously, you, you, you talked about the songs there. So I think the big difference, George, is that this is an, an album of relatively short songs. 
yeah. um, that have some sort of theme or something going through them. But um, it's not a themed album that's got a few songs in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, and, and I, I, like, I like the fact that, it, that there's, there's another thing called, I don't know if you've heard of Dark Side of the Rainbow, uh, where if you play, you start playing it at a certain time, uh, you, you play this album while the Wizard of Oz plays. As soon as the MGM Lion starts roaring, you start playing the album and it makes sense. Well, it seemingly made sense for a lot of stone bags and uh, fucking... It's I'm still willing to... Uh, you know, take some alcohol-free mezcal and get into it. <laughs> I got a quote from Alan Parsons on that, actually. So they obviously denied any connection between the album and oh, the voice. Yeah. yeah. So Parsons says, called it, quote, a complete load of eyewash. If you played any record with the sound turned down and the TV on, you will find <laughs> things at work. So I, who knows? Aye, who knows? Um, so he talked about the songs. Uh, he talked about Craig, um, Claire Torrey. So she get that co credit, didn't she? Eventually, after getting thirty quid for for doing the original session, without her her contribution, yeah, she get thirty quid or something, yeah. That's right, yeah. And this is the only album um, at the moment on the list for Floyd. I think um, the Wall was on the hundred to two hundred. I think one hundred twenty nine, but there's only one at the moment on Rolling Stone hundred. So yeah, I think that's about harsh on uh, Wish You Were Here, probably. Mm, Animals too, maybe. But, um, uh, maybe, but I wish yeah. you were here, definitely should be on there. All right, cool. So you're sounding pretty positive about that for the moment, George? Absolutely, yeah. Cool. Why get a thumbs up for me? Brilliant. Um, Lisa? Oh, sorry. I've just noticed there's a big dent in my dining room table and I'm looking at it. Do you want me to? I'll um, come back to you if you want. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I just noticed. <laughs> I've got some polish um, all in the garage. Yes, it's, you know, like, great, some sort of wood filler or something. Um. Yeah, so I'm quite ashamed to say that this is probably the only Pink Floyd album that I know. That's okay. So, do you so do you know it and like it or serious news? Oh, I am. Do you know it and like it or not not like it or what? What do you think? Yes, I do like it. Yes, do I do. Like like it. It. And why but why do you think you like it? Because, um, it's one of these albums that I feel is sort of ingrained in my whole being and has been forever. If you know what I mean, it's you just hear it and you just instantly relax. I know I'm not being very technical here about the music, but it's mm. just that kind of. I mean, obviously the, mus the musicianship's amazing, but it's just the way it's all pulled together, and it's just got this vibe about it. I'm doing that dancing thing that I was trying not to do. Um, yeah, it's just it's just something that's always been there, but I hadn't listened to it for years until a few years ago. And once again, one of my sons absolutely loves it and he mm. has it all the time. So I, I was kind of reminded how good it is. Um, the only flying the ointment for me is the song Money. And I can't even tell you why. I just hate it. I just hate it. It irritates the hell out of me. It'll be um, that 7-4 thing going to 4-4. Four, four. Is that right, George? And the cash yeah. register going in the back. Yeah, it probably just reminds you of listening to James plays piano or something. <laughs> just kind of like cash register, piano, scream, yeah. yeah, just get shot of that. It's also maybe something. Reminds me of what's the sitcom? Was it, um... Are you being served? Are you being served? Yes, yes, yeah. yes exactly, exactly. Cash, cash registers. 
I, I think, think I think Roger Waters will take particular pleasure out of having that connection. I think it's also yeah. something to do with, and this is very similar to what George was saying um, about when the time money came out, the kind of people that were really into it, I really didn't like very much. Not that I didn't like them as people, I just wasn't into their th hmm. thing. And I, I think that's like turned up with all that kind of that scene. And so maybe. I don't know, but it's it is only that one song that just irritates me, and I don't think I'll get ever get rid of that. But as a whole, I think it's a, an absolutely brilliant album, and yes, okay, yeah, excellent. So, uh, so it was kind of partly conceptual. I think it was this thing about some sort of Sid Barrett reference going through. It wasn't it? Because obviously he'd went off the grid um, two or three years earlier, yeah. and at the time there was a broad theme about things that sort of make you mad or stroke make you happy. Um, and, I, and again, I didn't really know that when I was young. I, I didn't particularly like Floyd, to be honest, when I was young. Um, but I think, you know, when you do go back and reverse engineer some of these, um, these records, there probably is a bit more to them than, than meets the eye. Uh, it was obviously massively successful, which doesn't always reflect how good the record is. We've spoken about this before, but but it, but it was it was huge, you know, absolutely huge. So we'll, we'll maybe finish off on that in a second. Graham, Pink Floyd fan? Pay attention. Pay attention. He, he was having some beer uh, there. Pay attention, but he, he, did, he did I send you to sleep? Who? Did I send you to sleep? My turn now. It's all yours, mate. Are you a Pink Floyd fan? I'm a fan of this record. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Um, because? So, when I first got a wee bit of money uh, with Hipsway, uh, I bought myself a big, massive uh, radio system with a CD player. And I thought, what should I listen to like, on CD? And uh, that I've never heard before. And I bought Dark Side of the Moon. Right. I sparked up a book. And I lay down on the sofa and I put that CD on. And I was just lying, listening to it. And I was like, this is really good. And I was kind of just drifting off a wee bit and then time came on. And part <laughs> of time is just about a million alarm clock. Really <laughs> died. And uh that, but so that's always stayed with me, but I just think it is a, it's an amazing record. Uh, the production's fantastic. Songs are really made have got you know, loaded with meaning. Uh the music's something that it's kinda of, it's kinda of like a wee bit where I want to be going in a way, not like a massive production. A lot, a lot of really much more slow, contemplative stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, everything about it's great. Uh, and listen to it again today. Just yeah, I haven't listened to it for ages. I was about how brilliant it is. It's, it's, it's even better now than, than I remembered it. So uh, it's definitely gone in as far as I'm. So it was um, at four, 14 times platinum in America, 45 million copies sold and counting. Um, the fourth be best-selling album in history, but I don't know what one, two or three are, I need to go and guess that one. Uh, but a couple of interesting things, I think it was 736 weeks, consecutive weeks on the Billboard chart, which I think was, was I think it still it was like... 731, Brian. Was it, mate? I'll, I'll give no, you that. I don't know. I'm just fucking making it up, mate. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> I'm fucking I'm 
<laughs> but uh, the 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 start I thought it was quite interesting was I think it's the high selling album ever in the UK not to get to number one. Oh, really? Listen, it was always in the yeah. It was always, in the, 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 it was always in the window of the record shop when I was yeah. young. You know that that was all I did was it's always some guy hang about no, I know. So you process and, and would that have kicked you into other Floyd stuff, Graham, or is this is this it your Floyd? Really, but no. I mean, well, I, I like the some of the Sid Barrett's, but I never I never went any further than that. I don't know why. Um I think maybe I might no. Like okay. I might have a look at I mean I know what you would hear shine on your crazy diamonds, that those sort of songs, but I was, and I was, I never. Although I love, I love that record, I was like, I never really heard anybody say that they love the other ones. <laughs> like, yeah. I never. Uh, well, suddenly, like, suddenly I don't feel so bad. No, I'm the same as you in that department, Lisa. Exactly. But, although right? I do like the early, the, the early stuff as well. You know. The, okay. Uh, had relics. Yeah. 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 Absolutely, it's a good album. Um, cool. Sounds pretty positive. Um, Stephen, what's your take on? Outside the moon, right? Evening. Okay. Um, one hundred percent in. Because um, back in the day, not really my scene, but I've I've grown to love it. You know, uh, you all know me. I was I was a wee mod, jam clash sort of guy, but this this hit me like a ton of bricks, and I thought, oh my god, this is so good, and it, it, it this is what you right here we go, this is what sort of turned me on to the rush thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Just sort of fell into that side by side. Okay, Q Barney. Uh, no, I can get that. Um, so, absolutely. Uh, I, I remember in school, I was probably in school with you, not you, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, right. me, yeah. Um, but uh, for me, I, I, mean, I mean, George has dissected it to death brilliantly. And I can't argue with a single word of it. And I, 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 I'm, I'm going to keep this short and simple, and I suggest it should be a 100% goer. So here's a question for you then. Do, how much influence do you think the cover has on the kind of importance or relevance of the record? Because it became this kind of iconic album cover, it's, didn't it? It, it, it's, it's massive, Brian. It's mm. massive. I mean, I was teaching physics to, to both of us, you know? Mm. Um I, th- I think I think it changed. I think it changed the what, how can you put it the dynamics of how to put together an album. Yeah, I, th- I think I th- definitely game changer, hundred percent game changer. Anyone else got a view in the cover? Is it is it as iconic I mean, as everyone says? You would yeah. see guys. You'd see guys with you know those army jackets. Brian Davidson was one of them. They'd have the they'd have the. Uh, the the, the patches, yeah, back and stuff. It was like everywhere. Yeah, because it was your man, so, um, Storm. Storm I agree Thompson. with what you say about the see. Uh, yeah, a good album. I mean, a good cover is essential as far as I'm concerned. At least voting uh, hmm. voting each record in it. I think it's really important that the cover's good. I think that that has got to be part of the fact of it as far as I'm concerned. I would be reluctant. It's something I never had a rotten cover. Okay, Seriously. that's interesting. 
Graham, do you think that CDs dilute that? Well, it, it kind of helps the colour a wee bit because it's a much more difficult yeah. piece of art. It kills it. I think it could yeah. agree more. Yeah. And your, your man, uh, the only reason I asked the cover was, was A, it was iconic, but, uh, you know, having looked at some of the other stuff that um, Storm Thorgson, I think, is it his name? But he did, I mean, his CV's mental. Oh, yeah. yeah, he did all the 10cc stuff. Uh, uh, Deceptive Benz and how dare you and all that kind of stuff. Um, he did, uh, what else did he do? Did, he did a couple of Nazareth albums, which I didn't know. I uh, was quite impressed by that. Uh, Tug of War. I don't think it's particularly good album, a good cover actually McCartney's. Um but you know he's, he he certainly had his chops, I think, on on the cover front. So it does seem to be sort of part of that that package thing that, that it goes with it. He was given an interesting brief, wasn't he? It was like uh, something about the 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 light show or something like that, he said or something. Yeah, that was part of it. It was it, it, it was sort of some Symbolic of the, the light show that they put on, and also about their um, it was kind of symbolic of their musical um, I don't know, aspirations or whatever, and experimentation. But I read about it, but do you know what? I can't actually remember yeah. what it said. But well, I know, I know that they, they, gave, him, they gave him direction, you know what I mean? So, uh, yes, well, that, 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 that adds a lot to me that the, the fact that the band had some kind of point of view about it you know yeah absolutely 43 minutes which we've got a bit of a kind of debate going on about how long a record should be but certainly anything around that 40 minute mark it tends to be a bit of a sweet spot for us all um twitter were 77 percent in favor of it as well which was uh, which was good um I'm, I guess we'll have a, a vote on it uh, only other thing I was going to chuck in was that it was uh, cited by uh, Radiohead for OK Computer, it was it was the record basically that that they sort of based um, their, their sort of idea for OK Computer yeah, you on. You can sort of see that, yeah. You can mm. see a, it's another one you can draw a direct line from Dark Side. Yeah, I think. That sort of introverted red stuff. I think you can, mate, absolutely. And the only other um, bit of interesting trivia I had was that the you talked about the Claire Torrey thing. Um, which was which was fine. She she gets paid the money and then she gets a co credit down the line, whatever. But but she actually came to record it. They asked her to come in and do it on a Friday. I think it was a Friday, and she she said, "I can't do it on Friday because I'm going to see Chuck Berry." Um, <laughs> in the Olympia or somewhere in London, which I thought was quite relevant to tonight since we've got a, a Chuck Berry record on. So she came back on the Sunday and did it a couple of days later. And, Whatever. So, well, there's there's one other bit of trivia that I know of this. Uh, the actress Naomi Watts, uh, her father was uh, Peter Watts, and he was uh, a roadie worker for Pink Floyd uh, back in the day. And he's actually on the album. His his laughter is on the album, and he died about two or three years after this album came out. Yeah, because there's bits, there's there's a bunch of bits from. Just yeah. talking and stuff like that. Well, I, I uh, do know that they interviewed um, both the McCartneys were interviewed for this, Paul and yep. Linda, but they didn't use any of their, their answers because they thought they were trying too hard. Yep. Um, to be like funny or, or whatever. So, um, so they actually didn't use any of them, but they did use Jim McCulloch, 
who was the guitarist in Wings, I think, at the time. It was, yeah. Uh, fine guitarist. Oh, it, was as well. Henry, it was Henry McCulloch. Sorry. Was... Sorry, Henry, Henry McCulloch. Different McCulloch. Yeah. No, Jim McCulloch's on it, Wingsman. I know Henry McCulloch's on it. Is he, he a Wingsman as well? Girl. Yeah. Right, oh, well, you're right then. Whatever McCulloch it is, he, he's a guy who hey, says... Um, I, can I just say that that's, that that's me one glass of wine down. We've only done one album. We're moving on to number two in a second. <laughs> and I was just going to say, he's a guy who says, I, I don't know, I was really drunk at the time. <laughs> that's the same McCulloch guy, so I thought that was quite yeah, relevant. Yeah, that's Henry, Henry McCulloch. Henry McCulloch. <laughs> so, um, John was a yes. Uh, David Ross oh, was a okay. yes. Uh, although David said... Um, <laughs> David said uh, it's a yes um, appreciate um, you know that it's relevance and it's importance but I've only voted in for its impact because I think it's shite <laughs> quote unquote so um, yes or no, then? it's a yes actually believe it or not and Chris Thompson was a no um, on Floyd. <laughs> Of course. Of course. Chris has voted everything though so far, I think, that we've ever done with him. So well, that's my job. Uh absolutely. Okay, so let's get into the room then. Um let's go. Um Graham, what are you thinking, mate? Yes. You're in. Thank you very much. Um George. Sorry, mate. Thumbs Big up. Fun. Yeah, thanks very much. Lisa. Thumbs up. Uh, this works well on Spotify, guys. Um Stephen. It's a big Absolutely. year. Whoa, 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 whoa. Lisa just jumped in. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, so wait, wait to get Something it. Something I said, Lisa. Yeah. And that was a yes, uh, Stephen, yeah. Yes, yeah, uh, I earlier. 100%, mate. 100%. Good stuff. And I, I'm in as well. That's that's a cracker. Um, and the only other thing I mentioned, which we've done a few times on these, is that I, I tend to do a wee bit of your kind of YouTube searching as you're listening to records. And I went back and watched the last gig that they played together at Live 8. Oh, um, which I hadn't yeah. watched, I don't think, since, since really since it was on, um, which was, what was that, 15 years ago now? So if, if you've got 20 odd minutes, it's brilliant. Um, four songs yes, on it, and um, and they have all the emotion, and you know, they never didn't like each other by this point, but you know, they all came back and did it, and it's, it's brilliant, absolutely really good. So cool, brilliant. So, where are one for one, we're in, um, so that is Floyd. Away number fifty four is uh, James Brown with Star Time. Okay, here we go. So Rolling Stone said, "So great is James Brown's impact that even with seventy one songs over four CDs, Star Time isn't quite comprehensive." Between fifty six and eighty four, Brown placed an astounding one hundred and three singles on the R and B charts. But every phase of his career is well represented here. The pleading straight up R B of "Please, Please, Please." His instantaneous reinvention of R&B with Papa's Got a Brand New Bag, where the rhythm takes over and the melodies subsume within the groove. His spokesmanship for the civil rights movement and Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud. His founding, his founding document of 70s funk, Sex Machine, and his blueprint for hip-hop and funky drummer. Okay, um, James Brown Star Time, um, released in May 91, which tells you it's obviously not a real-time record with all those songs on it. Um, uh, Graham. What's your take on James Brown's Star Time? Okay, um, I don't have that record. I have other James Brown compilations and bits and bobs, but I don't have that one. Uh, and when I saw those four CDs, I was like, 
Um, uh, no, James Brown has to be in the top 100 and perform. I don't know. A compilation is a is a, the way for that to go. That's my problem with it. Um, like, uh, it's not an album. It's a compilation. So I don't know if you've had this discussion before about yes. compilations. I've been arguments about this. <laughs> yeah, I've tend to fall on the side that it's not an album. It's a compilation. He did not put it together that way. He's an artist. When he does his thing, like. He's been he's very deliberate about what he's doing and whatever whatever particular time he was doing it. And it's not like oh yeah, it's a representation of him. Um, but you know, like if you're gonna put that in as an album, then you know, this you should put in animals and wish you were here as well, because like that's like kind of what uh, you know, you you're covering about Ten different records or something like that. <laughs> like yeah. it's not. It's, it doesn't work as a. If, if you're going to have this, uh, it's a box set rather than an album. Yeah, if you're going to have this thing where you're, you're judging an artist on a work, work when it has to be the work. This is this is all his work. Hmm. What I mean, like yeah. So I think to, to just give a bit of context, then. Uh, so we 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 have had the debate on. Compilations, absolutely. Yeah, I know you have. <laughs> uh, and John, in particular, is a, a, a big fan of compilations. Um, so it's a pity he's not on. Uh, we did vote on Live at the Apollo um, a couple of episodes ago. So we did vote James Brown Live at the Apollo 63, I think that was, on. Um, yeah, I out, didn't I? Yeah. And again, we had a bit of a chat about live albums and whether, you know, whether they worked as an album type thing. And, um, and that was another debate we had. So he, he does have one on the list, albeit it's not a studio record. Um, but you're right, as a compilation, it's a box set. It's, it's George hey, like, if, I, if I voted against this, not because I don't absolutely adore and idolise James Brown, hmm. I think it qualifies it as a piece of James, you know, as, and then, you know, it's like, it does, I think it's unfair, basically. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, was four 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 CD box set. Uh, every CD is over seventy minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a lot. Oh, I, 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 I went and had a look at the at some of the tracks on it and all that, and like, you know, some of them like are are just sort of are okay. You know, hmm. not all. It's not all his best work. Some hmm. of it is just like more average stuff. And all these really good stuff as well. But it's probably about these too long anyway, or at least one CD too long. Yeah. So I think somebody that would be big, big James Brown fan, but probably not this. Fan. Yeah, but not this. But I'm just saying, if you're going to yeah. vote in a album, you know, album, not the best of 10, 15, 20 albums. No, no, I get that. Um, Lisa? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, I have to say that I enjoyed listening to this, and no, I didn't listen to the whole lot. I listened to a bit. Um, but I enjoyed it a lot better than the last one we reviewed. I felt that the, obviously the production was a lot better, and I, I enjoyed, great tracks, really enjoyed it. But 
you kind of get to that stage, it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps mm. going. And you don't get that resolve that you expect when you listen to a rounded album. And and that's when I start switching off and going off into another room and then forgetting where I was. And and, and it's it's just that kind of thing that, that puts me off it a wee bit. Although I, I, I love listening to it, James Brown. James Brown, I mean, absolutely fantastic. Who can argue that? You know, I still want to dance to it. Mm. But there's, I, I just, there's something about that. Um, I was going to say lack of structure, but I can talk about that later where it works, I think. But nah, just, it's not, not I don't know if I'm going to vote that one in again. And I feel really bad. Sorry, James Brown. I've really not done you a good turn. No, he's not even here to fight his corner, is he? Um... Oh, but I don't think he, he wouldn't care, would he? Absolutely wouldn't care. She's got one in already. Um, this the, the this is actually quite interesting. There's there's two or three greatest hits on the list as it stands, but this is easily the biggest one at 294 minutes. I think the whole thing comes in at. It's ridiculous. Which is it is ridiculous. Um, but I, I just it is ridiculous, right? But the interesting thing is that they've done this Rolling Stones list three times. Um, and it's it was voted in 79 on the first one, then 75, and now 54, which I, I'm, I'm really surprised about. You know, it appears to be sort of gaining more credibility or popularity, whatever you call that, rather than, you know, maybe being of its time as a box set when it came out and everybody thought this was great. How long does this actually last? How, how long? 294 minutes. What's that, Nurse? Uh, it's five hours. How long you go, Brian? Right, so Skin, you could listen to that while you're playing around a golf and you still wouldn't get to the end. Um, oh, no. Oh, you're right, you're, yeah, you're right. Right, do you yeah. know what? I don't have time for a round of golf, so, I, you know, I definitely don't have time to listen to the full James Brown extravaganza. No. Maybe if I was playing in uh, St Andrews and I started listening to it when I got in the car and then I'd be back. Right. You'd probably need to drive to Augusta, Graham, to <laughs> tidy listen to it. Come back then again. maybe after a few shots from your hip flask, you might vote it in. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I get that, Lisa. Um, Stephen. Sorry, I'm giving it that again, am Stephen. Yes, um, I actually concur with Lisa. Lisa said the word but 11 times there. Right. Right. <laughs> so she's she trying to like it. I'll meet you work on my style. Eleven times. And I agree with you. I completely agree with you. There's something not right. It's far too long. And I think it's too samey. And I don't know. Maybe I mean I'm 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 not a musical guy at all. I mean okay. oh, oh, oh sorry. <laughs> that is not the first movie what hit me. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. But anyway, I, I I do not believe it belongs in top one hundred albums of all time. Even I just wanted to say as well, you know, like see it especially the early ones. You know, the yeah. early songs like there's a couple of crackers there. You know, mm. crazy, like, you know, absolutely one cold songs, right? But there's also quite a few that are just quite, let's call them, let's call them turkeys. Quite basic, you know, sound a bit like the other ones. The other yes. ones, but you know, it's interesting you say that, Graham. I'll, I'll bring John. That was my point. That was my point. We get the same, 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 same. 
I actually tried to listen to all this uh, for the purpose of the podcast mainly. Um, just to take a point, Graham, then we'll bring George in. But I was surprised on CD1, I was surprised at how much of it was kind of, I call it balladeer singing, for want of a better word. You know, pretty slow, you know, same sort of, same songs basically, just a wee bit almost like a bit Motowny, where it's almost the same backbeat, but just some different lyrics and stuff. And it's only really as you get into the second CD that it starts to be, you know, the funk side of it tends to be a bit more prominent. Um, and then it does the sides three and four, four and I've listened to three was was pretty hard work to be fair. So um, yeah, I did struggle to get through it. As uh, I saw, it's also hard. Did you run out of steam, Brian? What's that, mate? Did you run out of steam? Because I did. I did, mate. Yeah, I couldn't find I all four. I couldn't find all four CDs enough. to listen to anyway. So, um, which I think answers part of the question, really, doesn't it, George? Uh, yeah. I, I love soul music and I love folk music, uh, and if you I had to write a list of your top 10 funk and soul musicians, James Brown would definitely be on it, you know, regardless of what you think of him as a human being and seemingly was a horrible <coughs> fucker. Uh, but again, detaching the art from the artist, his music is, you know, we, we use the phrase game changer a lot on this uh, podcast. James Brown is an absolute game changer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's splitting, if this album's split into this album, no, an album, it's, it's a, a collection, it's 70 odd songs. Um, it's a box set. It's, it's, it's some of, we talked about the compilations before. And some of my favorite albums I've said to you before are compilations, but this is. This is like an anthology rather than a compilation. It's a it's a collection over thirty years, which you know sort of deems it redundant in my eyes. You know, despite Brown's at times magnificence, you can't possibly put this in a top hundred album of all time list without doing the same for other artists who have equally massive catalogues it doesn't make sense so what john welsh normally alludes to when it comes to these kind of albums i'm i'm in agreement with when it regards to this if, if you diluted if you took the best of james brown took 15 tracks out of that 70 you'd make a great great compilation a great best of James Brown but it would be a compilation and it would be split over those four years you're saying about the balladeer era we talked about this uh, with Chris Thompson uh, on the the Live at the Apollo uh, one and I I did think early James Brown he was trying to squeeze into that territory occupied by people like Jackie Wilson and uh, Sam Cooke but when he realised that his was more, uh, more rhythmic and more funk based, he, he realised he, he didn't have the songs that those guys had, and neither had he the voice. So he moved into more rhythmic, hard funk, and that's when his career just exploded. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 in a bit of a quandary here with with James Brown's uh, star time. It's an incredible 
collection of tracks, but if it's over 30 years, then it can't really be classed as an album. Okay, well, we can get around the houses then. Um, it did win a Grammy in 91 for its lighter notes, not its songs, so, um, <laughs> so <laughs> which I thought was, was quite relevant. Um, and Robert Christow, one of those, um, you know, famous uh, rock reviewers. Yeah, he says it's the finest box set ever released. So I think, you know, it's clearly and planned. The box set. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what he said. He said it's the it's it's the package. It's the ceremony. It's the pomp. It's it's um, as you say, it's an anthology, isn't it? Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's um, let's have a, a crack round the room on this one. Um, Stephen, in or out? No chance. Out. No chance. Out. Lisa. No. George. Nope. Graham. It's a no. <laughs> it's a no. Uh, so John was a no, surprisingly. Uh, a big extra no for John. Uh, David was a no, and Chris was a yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, so yes, so that... Round and it's, it's, I can't see anything. All the goes sample has arrived. The guys will think... The guys are thinking, move, then everything will go off and, it, and it's a disaster. Then I have to call a pal and stuff like that. Lisa, guys are thinking, take off your sunglasses. Why? Could we be able to see better? Oh, that's a good point, mate. The guys oh. are thinking, we've, they'll think we've edited this. Lisa comes on and off with different outfits. Um, right, okay, so that's definitely out. And we have got a brown record in already, so don't be, I wouldn't be too worried about it because um, the man's a legend. Okay, so that was 54. 53 is uh, Jimi Hendrix Electric Ladyland. So, Jimi Hendrix's third album was the first he produced himself, a fever dream of underwater electric soul cut in round-the-clock sessions at the record plant in New York. Hendrix would leave the record plant to jam at a club around the corner, the scene, and Voodoo Chow, Voodoo, Voodoo Chow 15 minutes of live in the studio blues exploration with Steve Winwood on organ and the Jefferson Airplane Jack Cassidy on bass reflects those excursions. In addition to psychedelic Delta blues, there was the precision snap of Crosstown Traffic and a cover of All Along the Watchtower that took Bob Dylan into outer space before touching down with a final burst of spectral fury. What words there? Um, that was The Rolling Stones. It was released in October 68. Uh, we've already voted one Hendrix album in, which was Bold as Love at 92. We voted that in. Um, and this is his third studio release. So uh, let's start with Lisa for Electric Ladyland. Lisa. Right, all that has just put me right off. I, I, I can't think straight. Right, so, you know I'm a bit of a Hendrix fan, mm -hmm. right? Well, I'll try not it's to okay. be too biased and get, make it balanced. So when this came out, it was criticised because the lack of structure was kind of mixed up all over the place. But um, you can imagine why. I mean, he was, he was recording it while... He was touring the second album, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. And so it was, and, and that didn't that 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 did not suit him because obviously he felt that it it, it interfered with his creative flow and all the rest of it. Um, I don't know, but then now you, everyone says, well, it's it's a masterpiece, it's a masterpiece. But would would Hendrix consider it a man masterpiece? I don't know because he was a perfectionist. And, and it didn't quite go the way he wanted it to in the end. He didn't have enough time. He wanted to keep doing things. And he was famous for doing loads of takes, like Gypsy Eyes apparently was, what, 50 mm -hmm. takes? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then I think he ended up producing it in the end. He finished off the production, I don't know, and then he had to release it before he was ready. So he probably wasn't happy with it. And that's a shame. That was a last album um, before he died in, what, 1970? Yeah. Um, anyway, um, can probably tell that Alan that um although see the start of it that I, I don't get that I, I I know it's all this sort of it was that he was wanting to experiment in in this kind of overture that is um what's it called and the gods made love um I, I just I don't get why he did that and and I, I know that, that he'd said that he knew that the critics would slate it so he got that over with first and then mm the next track kicks in and you've forgotten about it but seriously that's that's the kind of sounds that the gods make when they make love kind of glad i'm a female <laughs> you know a goddess because who knows who, who knows um, what sound they make you know it's just like... <laughs> what's that yeah it's just a bit Strange. It's just, I just, I'm sure there was like method in the madness, but I don't get that bit. But then it doesn't matter because he kicks in with, um, have you ever been to Electric Ladyland? Obviously, a subject dear to his heart, shagging women. Um, and I mean, it's dead catchy, memorable, absolutely brilliant song. Um, my favorite, Cross Town Traffic, absolutely stonking tune, absolutely stonking tune. Um, love the metaphor, because you know how I like a metaphor. I love the fact that, you know, that, that she's slow moving traffic and he can't get past her, but then he turns the metaphor against her and he says, um, God, what does he say? What does he say? I'm not the only soul who's um, accused of hit and run, tire tracks on your back, you know. You've had your fun. It's like it's it's great in many ways. It's like a brilliant tune. I defy anyone to not dance to that when it comes on, you know. So yeah, brilliant track. Voodoo Child, it's really long, but I suppose it's kind of maybe part of that whole um what people are talking about it being mixed up. It's very sort of loose and easy, but it's also um it's also quite complicated as well in its construction, but I think it, it, it. I think it shows his love of jamming. You know, he liked to have a jam for this one, and that's why it goes on for longer. I don't know who who, who much to say, but he's got um Steve Winwood and bass, and then organ. Um, I could just listen to that forever. You know, um, so, what a strange so for me. Does not, does not in there at all. It's so lightweight, and I know it was it wasn't his. Who who wrote that? I can't remember. No, no reading. No reading. Yeah. Oh, no, yes, yes. For me, that's one of the ones that I just feel just doesn't fit. Just does not fit. Um, sorry, I'm going on a bit. I'm not. Uh, so, um, so Lisa, seventy-four minutes. But I'll, but I'll, yeah, it's, it's, but apart from anything else, you've got, it would be, it would be a great album just for the fact it's got the big hitters. You've got Dylan's All the, all Along the Watchtower. And of course, a lot of people will say that Hendrix's version is probably the most popular. Mm -hmm. um, I certainly think 
amazing. His vocals on it are brilliant. I think he does it justice. And then he ends with them, Good do Child, which is pure, unadulterated milk. And <laughs> amazing. Anyway, okay. I'm probably not quite half of what I wanted to say, but I did go on long enough, didn't I? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You did, and uh, and you probably have to be fair. I think there's a lot of good stuff in there, um, and I think you've you've picked up on a lot of the key points on it, which we'll come back to. So, but he starts to do the album uh, in two years, or just over a year and a half, really. And so, I think he had a contract with uh, with his label for the original three records, and I think he was in effect knocking them out so he could get to the end of the contract and then do his own stuff after that. So, kind of makes sense, really. But um, but it's a it's a big album to have as your last album, you know, seventy four minutes long and all that. So. Um, sorry. Oh, sorry, no, just my last word on it is that to see all the layers and the textures that run through it, um, I think that does pull it all together. And, and it's one of the things that makes us go back and listen to it over and over again, because I think that every time you listen to it, you, you, you pick up on something different, something you didn't notice before. And it's just always a really engaging album for me. But okay. You might not. No, we might not. We'll find out. Um, George. Um, uh, I would agree with a lot of what Lisa said there. Uh, I think it's his best album, but I don't think it was intended to be his last album. Uh, you know, the third album in 15 months, and uh, he ended up producing it himself. It's wildly ambitious, uh, but because of his love for take after take after take, something that pissed off his previous producer, Chaz Chandler, ended up costing about £300,000. Uh, it did go to number one in America, uh, mm-hmm. but it was still, at the time, I think he was the highest paid musician on the planet. Uh, he was charging an absolute king's ransom for his live performances. So he was able to afford it. Uh, um, and you know, you talked about Pink Floyd and one of the earlier ones there. This the album sleeve of this is probably just as iconic as Dark yeah. Side of the, the the David Montgomery sleeve. You know, with the eighteen or nineteen naked women that was probably owned by every fucking teenage boy in uh, the world. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mad seventy minute acid rock fantasy, which. At times it felt a bit laboured, even though there's great stuff on there. But you know, when you've got a 15 minute version of Voodoo Chat or the blues version, I think that's unlistenable. It's, I, I get bored with that. I think that's like Hendrix almost phoning it in. Uh, but where he is good is, you know, with the slight return version of Voodoo Child, mm-hmm. Crosstown Traffic, and obviously uh, All Along the Watchtower, those three tracks. Like they they pop out, you know. It's, it's like they jump out of the record, uh, whereas the other songs sound as if they're maybe a bit experimental and a bit noodling. You know, as soon as uh, Watchtower starts, you're like, "Holy fuck, that's got my attention!" And it's another one of those tracks that you know, when anyone says, "Ah, oh, there's never been a cover that's better than the original," point them to that one. That's just. That ends the conversation stone dead. Uh, if it was a single album, this would be in my top 20. It's that good. Uh, but there's there, there are too many fillers for it to be 
you know, a top 20 album, especially that fucking abomination, Little Miss Strange. It's a, <laughs> it's a fucking disgraceful track. It's, it make, it sounds like, yeah, like a fucking proficient version of The Grateful Dead. It makes me belong on a Hendrix album. I think he I like just felt sorry for him and just couldn't see that. It, it, it threw my bone, but it, 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 at the cost of his own album, it's it's so out of place. Mm. It's really poor. And even Hendrix playing on it is like, oh man, let me just get an end of this and give you something else. It's so yeah, it's quite surprising that he allowed it on the album. Yeah, but I think there's the, the, the perfectionist side of things didn't obviously extend to you know the final product because there's far too much stodge on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think it's his best album, this it's got the most interesting stuff on it, but it just it just does make you a bit sick that he didn't hang around to. Yeah, to yeah. really develop as a musician, as a producer, and as a player, because you know who knows where he could have went uh, in the seventies and eighties. It would have been phenomenal to to hear what he was capable of. Uh, great cast involved in this as well as you mentioned, Stevie Winwood. But there's three quarters of traffic in the uh, playing on the record. <laughs> Jack Casty for the. Uh, Jefferson Airplane, and you've got the Sweet Inspirations, Elvis's backing singers in there too. He didn't. Uh, and another wee, wee trivia bit before we go on, we talked about Linda McCartney on the, the Pink Floyd one. But Linda was actually asked to provide, uh, when she was still Linda Eastman, provide uh, an album cover for this, an, an image for this. Uh, so she was involved in this one as well. I think her and Jimmy had a wee fling as well at some point. Yeah. Uh, before she met Paul and life went a completely different direction. But yeah, I'd say. That. Yeah, yeah, she was. Linda was. Linda yeah. was a fucking badass. Linda. And she, yeah. she makes. And, you know, in her celestial palace, uh, she oversees the best vegetarian burger I've ever had. And that's the God's honest truth. <laughs> Yeah, well, so, we'll, get, we'll give her that. Um, so it's a, so so not here. so not a top twenty album, George, but still a great album. I think you should take on that. No, I wouldn't say it was a, if it was a single album. If you distilled it into a single album, mm-hmm. I would say it would be easily Hendrix's best. I still think it is Hendrix's best album, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, I would say bottom end of a hundred okay. because of the, the amount of filler involved. Cool, Graham. Uh, everybody has stolen my fire. Um, <laughs> do you like it? I, I, I do it well. It's got two so two of the tracks are in the, my favourite film with Neil and I, so that's right. a good start. Um, yeah. uh, the good songs are absolutely brilliant, like you guys have already said, and there's, but there's a lot of waffle. Now, I like the, I actually like the 14 minute version of Voodoo Chapel. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, there's a load of other stuff, there's a load of other stuff that I cannot be bothered with. I, I, it was Pim that got me into Hendrix, really. He's a massive influence in Pim's guitar playing. And um, then I went out and learned, bought all the albums and became quite obsessed with them for a while. And uh, then like so many things, I kind of like put them aside and then mm-hmm. go back. And 
now when I listen to this album, well, I don't listen to it as fondly as I maybe think as I remember it. To mm-hmm. be honest with you, um, maybe that's because I'm not taking a lot of drugs anymore. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's you know that yeah. that that is totally changed. Whereas I still get a lot of pleasure, from a lot of records, without having to take drugs, and I really get quite so much out of this one as I would hope. Is this your, your favourite Hendrix album, Graham? I'm not sure. I, I like the first one actually. Right. Um, I, really, I, still, I think I probably like the first one. Most. That's still to come on the list. I believe he's actually got at the moment all three albums on the the Stones 100 list. This is, so. I, I think that's, you know, it hasn't got any, you know, waffle, you know. Right. I mean, I like that he's experimenting and all that, and I appreciate that. And I would have loved to hear what he, he would have done with Miles Davis or something like that, yeah. just discussing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And uh, I guess that, that would have been amazing because that, that you would be expect you would be expecting something that we would that that you know. Like a lot of my strangers, just like a really rubbish sort of, I don't know, can't even like rubbish six or whatever. But um, then you know, footage out the like from different worlds. It doesn't yeah. add at all. You know, it's like yeah. example. And there's loads. Of, there's some some of the all great wee bits in them, or we lots of movements and different things going on. Uh, but it's all about. You know, throw it in a washing machine kind of sound, you know, too much of it. Piggledy, piggledy. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's a good way of putting it. Um, okay, so again, but big fan generally, Graham, but maybe this oh, one's I... got, a bit, got a bit of padding in it, yeah? Yeah. Alrighty. Um, Stephen? Uh, I'm looking back to the is it a top 100 album question, which I always do, and I don't think it is. Sorry about my hand here. This Microsoft things come up again. Okay. What? Can't see that. <laughs> right. Good. Carry on. Carry on. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, is it a top hundred album, Stephen? That's what you're asking yourself, right? Not a chance. Not a chance. And that's because of all the things that the guys have mentioned. It's too superfluous. It's, it's, it's there's, there's there's too much fluff and not enough substance. Okay. And, and quite quite long as well, isn't it? Yeah, so it's far too long, man. It's far too long. Um, he could have stripped this back and made it a cracker, but he didn't. No, he didn't. Absolutely not. Um, so he's the artist. It's up to him. Yeah. Um, okay. So... I, 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 he, he could have cut this in half. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. I think my notes were if it was a single album, as George said, I would love yeah, it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. No, I, yeah, I've got to think about Hendrix. I think I think there's probably get, I think there's probably two great albums out of the three that he made. If he'd found a way to do, you know, two albums of all this all his stuff over that eighteen month period, I think they'd have been outstanding. Um, I just think it's an awful. He, 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 spread, him, he spread himself too thin. Yeah. Hmm. But well, he was a genius, right? So. And he could play guitar, as Ziggy said. Right. That's what happens when business gets involved with art. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely, Graham. Absolutely. Bloody yep. got, a, got a guest joining us. Hi, James. Hello. 
sorry, it's technical issues. <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, any bald support? Oh, technical support. All right, mm -hmm. so let's take a vote on that. I think you mentioned Watchtower, which is the only hit he ever had. Um, we, we we had something. Uh, this this his Microsoft Teams just spoiled what I wanted to do. I think James is spoiling what you want to do. And not it, for the first time. And then my phone's not working. It's, a, it's getting nothing to do with the phone. Okay. I, I wanted to send you that photograph. Oh, look at that. Sexy couple. I, I recognise George. <laughs> oh my God. What the fuck is him doing on here? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing on here? <laughs> this is relevant. This is relevant. What song are we dancing to? Probably Cross town traffic. All right. <laughs> that's, a, that's a slosh, isn't it, you're doing? That was it. No, I just remember the slosh. The slosh. It, <laughs> it was, um, there's, there's a fair bit of twirling going on, and um, yeah. it was at James's 50th, and um, I had made the playlist myself, and nobody had danced, and the first song that came on was cross town traffic, and me and Skin just went up and was like, yeah, let's go. Anyway, sorry, it was supposed to, I was supposed to do that earlier. Um and then of course the Microsoft Teams of thing course. came up and I had don't, to get Don't blame in. the technology. You, you, you've got to love cross traffic because well, it, well, it would be quite nice to just do the photograph quickly and say, yeah, but anyway, it turned yeah. out a palaver as usual. It did. Um okay, so let's have a, a vote on that then. So um love the album. I pity John's not here because I, I did um pick up some flute on one of the songs. Is it nineteen eighty? John's got a sting for flute, so um he'd have voted out, I think, just for that. Nothing else. Uh what else did we have? Um yeah, just the whole uh, it's another debate about what happened after this, of course, and uh, he did a bit of band of gypsies and stuff like that, but that's maybe all for a, another day. And then he went. And then any any view on this whole twenty seven club thing? Is that is it just a thing or is there you know? Um I remember uh being about nine and seeing me and, me and Harry, who's drummer and hips, we, we both said, yeah, 27, that, that's long enough to do everything we need to do. Uh, and what happened? We came around and we realised we were wrong. We were <laughs> callous youth. <laughs> yeah, any, any other thoughts on that before we vote on it? I mean, it is a, it's talked about a lot, isn't it? But that, that is an, yeah. an unusual it's only amount. It's because the three of them have so close together, wasn't it? You know, you know, yeah, well, yeah, Jones, Morrison, Hendrix and Joplin. There was, was kind of four, really, wasn't there? If you put Brian Jones in it. it was, yeah. Yeah. All Brian, right, I never... Brian Jones, yeah. Um, George, have you on that? No? Uh, yeah, when I was 27, I drank a bottle of Rangers whiskey and tried to jump out a window. So, yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was aiming for the same kind of thing myself. Even though I didn't why, why, is why is it you're why is it you're drinking alcohol, alcohol free? That's then? why I'm drinking alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not jumping at Wendy's anymore. Brilliant. And it, the, I didn't know that. And the last thing I was going to mention was that alleged Ladyland reference because he ended up because he had this um, you know need to be a perfectionist. He ended up his own studio, didn't he? Um, yep. called Electric Ladyland but what I didn't realise was that he only recorded in it twice and then went to the U UK 
UK to for the Isle of Wight festival. Isle of Wight and do and some then, gigs and died. Yeah. While he was in um, uh, still in the UK. Again, so I, think, I don't think that was part of his plan, but no, no, no that wasn't the agenda. I get that. I hope it wasn't. I did see a cracking uh, YouTube bit of him on Lulu. Uh, you oh, know, she's yeah, yeah. host a show. She, he's on Lulu playing voodoo. He's going to imagine he stops, not. He? he stops. I think he, he does a. He does that. He's into cream. That's right. And I'm I think it gets shut down or something, and there's a whole. Uh, it gets banned for the BBC and all that stuff. So, which is a rite of passage, I guess, isn't it? Okay, so um, Graham, allegedly land in or out. Even with a great cover, I'm sorry, but no. Okay. Um, Hand in your Henrik's card. George. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely in. George, absolutely in. Lisa? Because of, because of, there's enough stuff on it to put it in. Enough good stuff on it to put it in. Okay. Lisa, I think you were a no. No, I think there is enough good stuff on it to put it in. So, yes, it's a definite for me. Okay, um, Stephen. Uh, he's in, definitely. That's in. He's in. Okay, well, uh, John, David, and Chris were all yeses, um, which makes my no incidental. I think that's two of the Hendrixes I voted out. I know, shocking, isn't it? But who cares? So he's he's in, and he's he's absolutely he's iconic, isn't he? So if he ends up with three in the list, he ends up with three in the list. He's he's absolutely iconic. I wouldn't put veto one for him. I'm glad he's in. <laughs> 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 Thanks for that, Graham. After voting him out, um, <laughs> right? Okay, so fifty-two then. Fifty-two um, is a little unknown artist. Uh, so this is David Bowie. Uh, we're at fifty-two, station to station. So the title track is where David Bowie proclaims himself the Thin White Duke. Thin he was. Station to station was recorded in a blizzard of cocaine in Los Angeles with Bowie subs, uh, subs, substituting on green peppers and milk and almost never sleeping. The Manic Mood fueled an album that was futuristic but accessible, uh, Plastic Soul, speeding towards the electronic effinines of his Berlin phase. TVC 15 is New Orleans R&B at robotic funk, Golden Years is James Brown from Outer Space, with Bowie's amazing falsetto, and the 10-minute title track summed up his constant sense of motion at the time, opening with the sound of a train coming and eventually exploding into a Euro disco breakdown, it sounds like Saturday Night Fever at the Android Factory. Okay, so that was the review from Rolling Stone. It was released in January 76. Um, and uh, I think George wants to take us on this one. George? Uh, I, I think it's, it's going to be rather unpopular, but I think Bowie's very, very overrated. I think David Bowie maybe made two decent albums in his entire time. Uh, and name, this is the name them, George. Sorry, name them. Uh, let's dance in tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this is what is coming <laughs> on the internet is trolling. Uh, dance. Uh, oh. We'll have to have George. George is off here. Club, that makes it really yeah. cool. Okay, so no, just. Unacceptable. See, see if if Shaking Stevens had a better stylist, that'd be David Bowie. Uh, everyone goes on about Bowie, Bowie, Bowie. He's fucking pish. Let's be honest about it. Call it the call it what it is. You know, Anthony Newley. Nick Kershaw. 
Is that the poor man's Nick Kershaw? Was that what I heard? Absolutely, yeah. Right. Okay, I'll need to capture that one. (laughs) And his two favourite albums, uh, Let's Dance and Tonight, right? Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. So so Station Station's are not for you at all, mate, is it? No. Okay. Um, I I would would agree with that. I think think he absolutely lost his way in mid-70s. Oh, okay, Dory. And well, that was seventy one, wasn't it? So, yeah, and uh, all that, all that blizzard of stuff he was oh, doing. I stumbled into an alternative universe. <laughs> is this something you guys have got all spoke about behind my back? Said, "Let's <laughs> what the big man says." Is this uh, just yeah. sounds like a load of fucking good. No, yeah. Too obvious. Yeah, ah, you, you know it's far too well, Graham. Ah, uh, fuck it. We couldn't, we couldn't, couldn't keep that one going. George, George, tell us. I tell you, I gave it away. Absolutely caught out there. It was tonight. And let's dance. That's what. That's when I knew for uh, sure. Was he was had a big rod with a big bit of bait on the end of it. Yeah. Well, we need. Listen, a, we, it was. Uh, we tried something. It didn't come off. But listen, it's. <laughs> oh, I think we had a wee nibble there. To be fair, we had a nibble. Say this was actually John Welsh's idea. Yeah, I tried, He's but like, it was like I couldn't. You know, it was. It was Mr. Welsh's idea, so he can. Stevens, but as soon as I got a shake, Stephen got his back. I mean, I loved how you were like, oh, "George wants to lead us off in this one." <laughs> yeah, well, it was a bit obvious, wasn't it? And I, I just wanted to get the poor man's Nick, Nick Kershaw. I, I, I like that quote. So there was some good stuff in there, though. Yeah, we'll use. Graham, tell us about Station Station, mate. Um, Bowie, top man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this might be my favourite album. Certainly one of them. Um, okay. I remember I got into Bowie because my pal had all his records. Um, like third year at school or something like that. Uh, why am I looking at James's arse? His arse away, please. I'm not interested in James's arse. Right. I needed to. Not for, not for the first time. James is on no, the podcast. Face, James, which is... Graham, James is on the podcast more often than John is. He's been listening to Electric Radioland. Right, just... So keep going, mate. So Station to Station, okay. possibly your favourite so, album. Yeah, I think so. Um, like, uh, we we did one of his... We did the Golden Years Live, you know, um, and I remember listening to that like and thinking, God, how does he do that? And then I heard Paul Quinn singing at, at a party. I thought I need to learn to do that as well. And uh, once you get into it, it's like one of it's like yeah, it's like diving into the water. You have to dive in and go, and it and it just seems to come to you eventually. Eventually, anyway, um, it's funky. It's I apparently doesn't remember making it. He's got no memory of it at all. Um, which just blows my mind. Um, like, I'd, is this before or after? Uh, you know, um, it's, it's after, isn't it? Um, when, oh God, I'm having a senior moment. When he comes you've back got, from America, isn't you've it? You've got young Americans no. in late 74, early 75. Uh, this is after... This is after right. young Americans. So it's still, yeah. it's recorded so in LA. I'm trying to get off her. 
Yeah, yeah, he's still mad on the court. He's recording LA, so it's 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 an it's an LA album, but he's kind of looking back to Europe as he's he's kind of. um, He's always thought he'd done it in Europe. Actually, I don't know why, because it just looks so European. And then I and then he comes back. It's the last one before he back to Berlin. Yeah, yeah. And does he not come back? And he does all that stupid stuff and all that crap. Yeah, I didn't understand it, and I I wasn't really following him. And at that time, you know what I mean? So I probably got into it about a year after it was released. I was kind of like not fully facing everything about Bowie at that point. It was probably about a year later or something. But about 77 when I really got right into Bowie. Anyway, like um, somebody at the NME once said about Hibsway, I bet you their favourite album is Station to Station. And they were right. Okay. That's my wow. Wow. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah, that's a good review of that. And and it has it stood the test of time. Yeah, it's, it's the one I listen to most. If you looked at right. my icon, you would see that's the one I listen to the most. Yeah. Because it's only it's got six tracks on it, um yeah. thirty eight minutes, and the, the you know what, there's two ballads on it, possibly three. Um, you know, it's it's quite an unusual record. You've got still got a bit of funk if you sort of golden years is the kind of the end of the young Americans period almost, and then he absolutely is doing a bit of this kind of craftworky type stuff's coming in. So it's it's amazing that it's all fused together so well. Um, I don't think you could make that up, could you? It's, 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 it doesn't sound like any of his other records. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, like you can see. Low and heroes having something in common. I know it's got a lot in common, but like, um, it just feels like it's come out and over almost. I mean, it, there is a slight thread between that and Young America. Uh, I still feel like it's and it's got. I guess it's the cover as well. Just it was so stark and so mm. kind of reflect like. Not been able to remember anything. And I think he just he must have just made the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And he felt yeah, yeah. that's what they used to all those images uh, from that. My mate had everything out in it. Oh, that's nice. And he's well, David Bowie, he was obsessed with him. And I kind of like absorbed all that off of him. Um, and I always remember those photos from that time, you know, in the padded cell and all that. and the, the hero yeah. sleep. Is there anything that is wrong with the, the record, that, um, Graham? You know, is that it record? It's a perfect record, do you think, is it? Yeah, I, I don't yeah. have I can't pick up on that record. Okay. Okay, mate. There's nothing wrong with that, mate. Um, we don't get many of those on the review. No, you know, they need us in one cover, man. Whatever. I mean, that just, I, I, you know, when he sort of goes, <laughs> I just, oh. Yeah, and she um, he, he met her, didn't he? And that was what inspired them to record it. That had happened just at that time, and they went in, and it wasn't due to be recorded on the record. And they decided to to record it and put it on. I think he did it. Yeah. I hope she liked it. I think she did. Yeah, I think she she loved it. Um, I did a, a review at the time. Frank Sinatra was there when they were recording uh, "Wild as the Wind." Sinatra was there when he recorded it. Wow. No it's got that croony thing about it, hasn't really? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in what in the studio? 
and he was there when they were recording it. Sinatra was around when they were recording it, and he was really impressed with Bowie. Yeah, but, but Bowie doesn't remember that, so no. But it's it's, it's <laughs> verified that he was there. Yeah, that'd be why I've seen it uh, described as his vocal is Sinatra esque. Oh, it's, it's, I didn't the, know that. But never get it. Yeah, the, the whole album, you know, I, I can concur with what Graham's saying. It's 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 absolute fucking genius. It's flawless, and it, it it's still, you know, if you listen to that album now, as I've done in the last couple of days, I've, I've listened to this one more than I've listened to the other. It's ageless. It's just not aged at all. It's it could have been recorded yesterday. It's so. Perfect. Six songs, 30 odd minutes. Alien Disco. Nine months after Young Americans, he drops this. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd agree with all that. Uh, I read the review at the time, you said it was, a, it was a love album written by someone with no love in their life. And I thought it was quite interesting. There's an awful lot of kind of melancholy and stuff in the record. Um, <laughs> Although, Does he not talk about all sort of weird religious thing about what was it called? Uh... Well, he, he does, and he had this fear of uh, a few people at the time, didn't he? Um, the occult and stuff. Um, so he had the fear golden, of Jimmy Page and the, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Wall. or something like that. Some, sorry, Judge. The Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Yeah, Sounds well. like a, somebody get a... Chinese curry steady, or something. Steady. <laughs> steady. We're getting into areas there. And I think if you're going to live in Pepper's Milk and Cocaine, then, uh, you know, you're going to have a few yeah. things to, to sit and think about. So, George, you're concurring, you're concurring with Graham. Um, yeah. Brilliant. The, the band as well. I want to say something about the band. Yeah. Here the band is tight as fuck. See, on stay, the rhythm section is hard funk. It's George Murray and Dennis Davis. <laughs> Dennis Davis. Uh, yeah. The two of them are just outstanding, but the two guitar players, Alamar, Carlos Alamar and El Slick, were so different. Mm. So Bowie seemingly put one against the other to try and create some kind of frisson, like friction between the two of them to to create some two very different, disparate sounds. And it must. Delph and John were fortunate enough to meet El Slick and Oren Moore a couple of years ago. He did wow. a wee uh, personal appearance at Oren Moore. About 20 people were there. Uh, and he sat and he did this interview and chatted and then he did a jukebox thing at the end. He went, right, you tell me what riff this is. And he started playing riffs. And people were going, fucking Gene Genie. And, oh, it's, it was brilliant. There was only about 20 people there. And oh. John and I and John's wife, Marion, were, were three of them. I didn't see that. That was fantastic. It was a great night. Totally missed that. Yep. Can't be everywhere, I guess. Um, and Carl, and um, Carlos Alomar, he was still playing with him when he toured the Let's Dance record. I saw him at Murrayfield yeah. and Alomar was I still in the band. I, I genuinely do love Let's yep. Dance. I really do. Uh, side, side one. I, I just love I, I love the feel of it. Yeah. It was I, I really only get into Bowie from uh, Scary Monsters and Let's Dance, and that opened the door for me because I was only when when Let's Dance came out I was only sixteen, so I went back the way and started then getting right into Bowie, 
but that was like gateway. Scary Monsters and Let's Dance was gateway Bowie for me. You sure okay. you were 16? When Let's Dance came out, yeah, yeah. I remember what I was when I first heard it as well. I thought you were older. I was, you know. I was in sixth year going to uh, uh, Kelvin Grove Art Gallery on a on a school art trip, and they said they were going to play it on Radio 1, and it was like, I'm not leaving the fucking minibus until I hear this song. And they played it, and I was like, it's not what I was expecting. And then they played it again later in the afternoon. But the second time I'd heard it, I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, what a song. I love this. So, yeah, I can only, I, he's, a, he's the only guy I can think of. For me personally, where you can talk about the first time he's single or whatever was like aired or whatever. One time, I mean, when Heroes got played, I was playing Heady Kicks with my mates. The guy, this guy Derek, that was mad about Bowie, he never came out until he'd seen Bowie doing Heroes on, was it the Mark Boland show? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, like after, uh, you know how like um the the, the single off the, the last album is it off the last album? Oh, is it the one before? Uh, the one uh, where are where are we now? Oh yeah, yeah. The next day, that, that yeah. my heart. That song. I, I can't listen to it now. I really can't listen to it. It's the sound of a guy who's like, that's it. I'm done. And um. Let's Dance was a bit like that as well, I agree, yeah, absolutely. Um, it was like a kind of, it was like a, a revamp for Bowie, but even, even still, you know, it was amazing. Oh, and obviously, you know, we, we, we used to sort of perform that live as well, so. Yeah. Yeah. A huge thing to me. Have yeah. you seen that live at the Battlelands? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great song to play. And then yeah, never so you'll do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not quite, but thanks for the <laughs> backhanded compliment there, right? Um right. Stephen, Lisa, are you are you just jumping on there? Is this a way are we doing a loving? Very briefly, and I'll just um yeah, sorry, Stephen. No, whoever's first. Lisa, I know, sorry. You know I'm the boss, really. Um yeah, well, there's not much I can add really to this other than um I don't know. I was like, skins, skins away, and I was actually going to say that when, whenever I listen to Stay, I don't know why, maybe he can explain it to me, but whenever I listen to Stay, it, it kind of makes me think of hips way, and I can't put my finger on it. Why would that be? That's just kind of funky, melancholic. That's the kind, of, the, the kind of world that we want Thing is, it sounds like something that you've done, and I can't, I can't, I'll, I'll find out what it is. Um, great album, love it. Um, wasn't one I was so familiar with, I have to say. Um, I think um, I'm with George with Let's Dance, but that's maybe something something to do with when it came out. I was introduced to Bowie with Low, and that's probably all, my all time favorite. But um, Wild is the Wind, would that not just melt your knicker last mm. time? Like, it would indeed. If I had any vocal in that, oh, first TMI. Yeah, I think we'll I think we'll leave it at that one. Lisa, in case we get in case we get barred yeah. from YouTube here. Lisa, right, Lisa, right, right, Stephen. Yes. 
Tell us about your Nick Elastic. Is it, is it melting? My Nick Elastic is um, on my ankle. Um, no. Um, Bowie, Bowie's a strange creature for me. This album, yes. 100%. Uh, other ones, no. I think he's very patchy. I think very overrated. Oh, come it. We've done this already, Stephen. George is swearing all the time in other ones, and I get my like my wings clipped for saying it was it was yeah. elastic. Yeah, absolutely. But we have a line. Everyone has a line. The sand, right? So, so, oh, so you vote on. So you vote on this album, Stephen. So you you do like this album, right? Yeah. Stephen. Yes, I vote this one. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yes. Perfect. Okay, like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. A, a huge, huge fan of Bowie. Um, pleasure to see him a couple of times as well. Um, Never seen. Love this record. Absolutely love this record. If you ask me why, I can't. I can't tell you why. Just do. So. Um, I've actually, we've had this chat about live albums and stuff, and we, we are half thinking about maybe doing a, a top live albums list, maybe somewhere side on or something. So I, a, while, a while back, I managed to get um, a live album of Bowie playing at uh, Nassau, is it? Which is in LA, I think. Bahamas. Um, and he plays it on this tour, and it's basically the whole studio band playing it. Um, so it's all of Station Station plus, you know, great best of type thing. Yeah, and they probably. are so good, so tight, it's um, unbelievable. Um, and I also saw a, a couple of things he'd done with uh, Dinah Shore, the TV actress personality. So she had a yeah. TV show at the time, she was like the Lulu of, of America. And he goes on and performs Stay on it, and he's just like, he's from another world, you know. And I just I can't, I don't, I don't know what it must have been like at the time to, to be seen all that in real time and you know, and being part of it all, unbelievable. Okay, so um, absolutely loved them. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, John, David, and Chris, absolute slam dunk, all three in there. So I'll do a quick whiz round. Uh, I'll come back to Lisa. George? <laughs> Goes without saying. It has to be. Everyone in here? Stephen? Graham? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Lisa's back. I said yes. Lisa, yeah. Yes, sorry. I'm sort of voting for you here, and I'm a yes. So it's the first, um, first clean, clean sweep tonight. Absolutely brilliant. Um, absolutely love it. Fantastic. Um, okay, lovely, lovely to get that one on. That's the second one on the list. I think we voted Hunky Dorian a while back um, with a view that we might reappraise that one and move it up the list when we get the chance to do that. Uh, he's also got one more to come uh, on the list as well. So, which is a scandal. We should have about three more. Well, we can yeah. vote more on. Of course we can. If we keep getting Graham back on, we'll end up with 10 on. So. We've got votes, George. We've got votes. We have. I might have to oh. use one. <laughs> Am I going to have to change my album that I was picking? Oh, well, I, thought, I thought they would all be in. Yeah. He's, 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 got one, he's got one more on the list at the moment. What's okay. that? Uh, Ziggy. Right. So you've got all these other ones to think about. So I'll, I'll let you ponder that one while we do the last record, okay? Um, and I'll open this one up for a, a, a kind of round the table. So the last record we have at number 51 is The Great 28 by Chuck Berry. Okay, so to finish us off, in the latter half of the 50s, Chuck Berry released a string of singles that defined the sound and spirit of rock and roll. 
Maybelline, a fast country's rocker about a race between a Ford and a Cadillac, kicked it all off in 55 and one classic hit followed another, each powered by Berry's staccato country blues guitar gunfire. Roll over Beethoven, School Day, Rock and Roll Music, Sweet Little Sixteen, Johnny Be Good, Back in the USA. Uh, what was Berry's secret? In the maestro's own words, the nature and backbone of my beat is the boogie, and the muscle of my music is melodies that are simple. This collection calls the best of that magic from 55 to 65. Okay, so um, it's obviously a compilation, uh, Chuck Berry, and it was released in 82. So I'll, I'll open this one up. We can do a quick round the table on Mr. Berry. Who wants to lead us? I'll start. Um, Go on then. He said compilation. Mm hmm. Thought that was bad. Not if we vote it in, it isn't. Oh, oh you froze. Hmm? Oh, back. Sorry, I'm um, back. Sorry. Not if you if we vote it in, it's not it's not barred. So it's up to up to us, mate. Okay. Uh, it's before your time. Um, I don't know this one. I don't think so. Because it's completely. I think there's a lot of ground, a lot of very very groundbreaking stuff. You know, original groundbreaking, wonderful stuff. But I mean. Really? I don't think so. Okay. So no no Chuck Berry, arguably no no Beatles and no. Stones and Well no 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 natural progression. But yeah. I don't think Is that an album? Is that an album, George George, George, is it an album? Is it an album? It's not an album. That's that's just go back. And I feel like I'm, 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 and I hate fucking admitting this, but I'm agreeing with John on this. It's, <laughs> it's now a compilation for you know, you know, spread over ten years. If you say to me, is Chuck Berry one of the greatest rock and roll artists of all time? I would say, of course he fucking is. One of the greatest songwriters in the history of rock and roll. There, there's no debate on that. Uh, one of the sharpest, wittiest lyricists ever. Great rock and roll riffs. Great melodies. Fantastic. Is this an album? Okay, so just just while you're pondering that over, I was just looking at a comment that David um, Ross made. Um, so when David came back, he said uh, Chuck Berry in, which I was surprised about, right? So he said... Not generally a fan of compilation albums making the all-time top list, but you'd have to make an exception for songs without which you'd have maybe no Beatles, Stones, etc. So I think what David's saying yeah, is that I, the, I without without having an album of Berry on the list, the list isn't complete. So but, maybe, maybe it's not then, this album. Maybe it should be someone else. But then we go back to what we, we talked about about Elvis beforehand. Elvis was more of a singles man. Chuck mm -hmm. Berry's a singles man. Yeah. So... Elvis gets in because it's a collection of stuff. So if you're putting Elvis in, and I did vote Elvis in. Because, you did. But, but it was a collection of songs from round about the same time. Right? It so was. The session he did, it was a couple of sessions he did round about the same kind of time. This is different. This is a 10-year progression. Correct. But because I want Chuck Berry in there, because Chuck Berry deserves if if... Half of these acts that we've we've discussed over the last couple of months are not fit to lick the bottom of uh, 
fucking Chuck Berry's boots. That's that's the truth. He's, he's an, a, an incredibly important figure in rock and roll. A, another horrible fucker of a person, you know, really nasty <laughs> piece of work. Allegedly. Not, not allegedly. I bet he get fucking jailed for putting cameras in bathrooms. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was catching a member of staff, was he not? Stealing sure money or something. Yeah, yeah, of course he was. Yeah. Nobody stole money. Nothing to do with Nick. I don't ask Nick, was it not? Tom Berry. I can't to... believe I for that. And I've well, just George, which I don't mind. But... Yeah. <laughs> Keep going, George. Chuck Berry was a guy who used to play with a bag on stage and seemingly he would look at his watch and as soon as the time was up, he'd walk off stage with a bag which contained his money. Chuck, Chuck was an absolute monster when it came to the business. Yeah. Uh, and nobody shortchanged Chuck Berry. And as a, as, a, as a rock and roll personality, someone who... As you say, without Chuck Berry, there's no Beatles, there's no Stones. The, the Beach Boys, you know, all of these guys all... Back to the future. Yeah, yeah back to the future. <laughs> Marvin. Tutti Frutti. Exactly. Yeah. All of these guys owe so much to Chuck Berry. Yeah. So I suppose if, if I'm going to put Elvis in, even though it's over a, a, a shorter period of time, I've put in some albums that aren't as good because I did listen to this, the great 28 and I fucking mm -hmm. really enjoyed it. It was one yeah. great song after another. Me too. Including You Can't Catch Me, which is basically John Lennon stole almost <laughs> entirely for Come Together. It's the same fucking song. Yeah. Um, no, it's Chuck Berry I'll have to put in, even though so I, I, I'm agreeing with John in principle, I have to put in. Okay, um, Graham and Lisa, anything you want to add to that? Well, I've got this thing about compilation albums. Chuck Berry, everything I agree, agree with uh, what George said. Chuck Berry is a genius. He's a singles guy, as far as I know. I mean, to give it context, I guess, okay, Bowie, for example, made loads of great singles. But, like, one of my favourite Bowie songs... The sweet thing, which isn't mm. only a single. I mean, you listen to his records as albums. You don't just listen to one track. You don't want a Bowie. You want that that album. Mm. Um, and it, we're talking about albums here, mm. and we're not talking about how good somebody is. How good an artist? I mean, like an artist. We're not talking about. Um, like the place as like is a great songwriter or she was a great songwriter or whatever. We're talking about album. It's a compilation. Yeah, I can't put compilations in not albums. They're compilation. That's my problem with it. Barry's a genius. Okay, so if he'd happened to have made a, a, an album in real time, that and it had all say it had ten of those songs on it. I'll be like, yes. Well, I think his third album, um, I went and checked this if I can find it. Um, the album released in 1959 uh, has the majority of his first four or five singles, plus I think Almost Grown and a couple of other tracks on there. And I so think why that's... wasn't this put in instead? 
It's a great question, George. Um, <laughs> and it's it's like 10, 10 tracks long, five each side, 28 minutes long or something, as it would be at that time. Um, it's a brilliant, you know, I went and listened to it because I'd never heard it. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, it's not real time again, so it's a bit sun sessions, but it's closer to being real time. Um, and certainly it's a snapshot of that first couple of years in Berry's, um, you know, recording career. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been much more minded to go back and argue the case for that one, maybe rather than, than this one. Um, but that is a tough one. Lisa, finishes off. What's your take? Right, okay, so um, I'll try and be brief because obviously I've wasted a lot of time in my tech issues. Um, it's a wee bit like the James Brown one for me. Um, I, I start listening to it. It's great. You know, it's joyful, the rest of it is, it's, it's, it's Chuck Berry, for God's sake. But then I just get to that stage where I'm going off and do some, something else because I've, I think I just, in my head, I've got this thing about albums that um, the ones that you play over and over again, it's because you know what you're getting. It's You start it off, you go on a journey and you have a certain sense of satisfaction by the time you get to the end of it. And these kind of records just don't do it for me. But even though I know it's in Mary, so I just it's hard. It's a really difficult one, actually. Okay, well, well, we'll get a chance to vote on it. It was called. I just checked again from my, my, my notes there. So it's called Chuck Berry is on top. Uh, released July fifty nine, twenty nine minutes, twenty six seconds long, and it's got twelve songs on it, six either side, and it's it's absolutely banging. So there's an argument that we could revisit the list and you know make a case for something like that going on for, for Berry to make sure that he gets one on there. Seems um, unfair that he's not on top 100. And that's why I'm putting him in. That's why I'm voting him in. <laughs> okay, well, let's have, <laughs> let's have the vote then. Um, so I'll give you the guys first. So John, unsurprisingly, was out uh, because it's a compilation, pure and simple. Loves loves Chuck Berry. Yeah, uh, John, well, she was out. I missed that one. Uh, David was in. Um, you, you, I read David's notes there. Um, Chris was out again only because it's a compilation. Um, Stephen. In. Lisa. Out. Okay, that's interesting. Um, George. In because it's Chuck Berry. I'm making an exception. He deserves to be an exception. And Graham. No compilations. Oh, no. Uh, one, two, three, one, two, three, four. Okay, well, I was a no as well. Fuck um, you as well. Right. <laughs> fucking rush <laughs> I'm trying to get a rush compilation on the list. Uh, um, Twitter was 72% no on this one. I haven't Twitter called all... Well, we've had this quote before, haven't we? We've got a rolling quote that our, our lovely followers and friends are all idiots. fucking idiots. 72% of dates. I think it was the same <laughs> comment, basically, that, you Why know. Why is disagreement? Fuck I think, I think yeah. this is our first disagreement, George, in the history of the podcast. I think we've been well, you're, you're binned. We'll come back. We'll come back to I'm going to go back and I'm, I'm going to stick that um, Chuck Berry record back on our chat. Make us all have a play next time we're in the car or something like that, because it's, um, it's absolutely outstanding. Maybe that gives yes. us an argument to get it back on again. Um, and I have made a note as well to go back and watch the Tutti Fruity box set because I absolutely love that and it reminds me a lot of all the best things about that and I haven't seen that for years so I'm going to watch that um, cool uh, I have poster in there what's that mate? <laughs> what's that sorry? there's a Hipsway poster in the, in the, in the Tutti Fruity Tutti Fruity 
I mean, about that. Where's that? I wonder if that's not something. All right, that's brilliant. Didn't know that. Where was that rehearsing? Ah, it's brilliant. There you go, mate. It's we are part of the fabric of rock and roll in this country. Indeed, they are quite right too. Yeah. Quite right too. And of course, don't forget my dingling, which he actually that was his. Uh... I, I, I've been trying to forget your dingling for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only well, only number one yeah. he had in the UK uh, ever. So don't know what that tells you about the UK, but um, it was but seemingly who, uh, the people who played on the album uh, who played on this record. Yeah. Is it the average white band? Yeah, it was um, um, Donnie, uh, Donnie McIntyre and Robbie McIntosh. Yeah. They're the rhythm section for my dangling. <laughs> so there we go. Right, okay, so that was, a, that was a note finish. So let's see then. So Floyd were a yes. Uh, James Brown was a no. Hendrix was a yes. Bowie was a yes. And Chuck was a no, albeit... Um, we're a bit unhappy with that. That takes us to halfway. That's has actually done fifty albums, um, which uh, which is quite surprising. We've lasted that long, so I need to top up how many we've done there. But it's about sixty percent still, a wee bit higher. So um, so we're getting there. So when we get on the next one, we'll be into the top fifty. So we'll come on to that in a second. Um, so before we finish, we all of our guests get a chance to nominate their own album for the list. So uh, Graham, oh. I know you, I know you oh. gave us a, an album, but I know you were then rethinking about that there. So. Um, I hope it's the Hipsway album. <laughs> well, when you said you, you get to nominate your own album, I thought, what? Well, yes. Anything yeah, you want, mate. So David no, Ross I, I, David Ross nominated Bobby Gentry, uh, Delta Sweet, and Chris Thompson nominated. And um, he was tempted to do the Guns N' Roses, but he didn't. He went for um, <laughs> <laughs> he went for Rick, was... Ricky Lee Ricky Lee Jones Pirates, which um, which is outstanding. So. So there you are, mate. There's a two so far. So what are you going for with your recommendation? Well, you know, I was tempted to go for a Bowie album now that I realise it's like three. Oh, you missed But I'm oh. not going there. Uh, I'm going to stick with my original uh, idea, which is uh, Pacific Ocean Blue by Dennis Wilson. Oh, fair play. Fair play, yes. A belter, and because Graham, give us a sort of thirty-second elevator pitch on that. Um, it's just it's a beautiful, soulful record. It's got wee bits that are a wee bit funky. It's a bit like the Beach Boys, but it's it's also kind of just him. There's hmm. there's a real gravel in his voice as well. It's dead emotional. It's not, you know. It's, Sometimes the beach boys could be quite popular, but this is much more. And uh, and it, it's surprising because he's the drummer in the beach boys, and he's probably made interesting musically a record as he's much more uh, sort of loaded brothers, you know, mm-hmm. Carl and uh, obviously Brian. Oh, and some of the beach boys play on it, and you can hear beach boys stuff in it, but. It's really his record. You can really the thing about this record though is, uh, we've been talking about uh, compilations and how that encompasses maybe ten years of somebody's life or whatever. He started this record long before he finished it, so he kind of like probably got a chance to throw away 
a load of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all colour, no filler. It really is right. So some people want to know it. Sure, you know, they, they don't know it, they should go check it out. And that's part of the reason that I'm nominating it because I know it's not like most of it. Well, it's a fantastic album. Um, Douglas T. Stewart got me on to kind of 70s Beach Boys and solo stuff that they'd done. I uh, wasn't particularly aware of a lot of that and uh, and I came across this a couple of years ago now and uh, I love it. Absolutely amazing. If I remember, it's quite lengthy, I think, isn't it, uh, Graham? It's quite a... Not sure how long it lasts. I don't, I don't yeah. know. It's a bit in it, I think. So, um, but interesting. The, the copy I've got is... I had the CD and it's got a couple of extra tracks. Right. The original version's got 12 songs. CD's got 15, three that are not, wouldn't have been on the vinyl, so maybe that's what makes you think it's lengthy, I think. Okay, mate, well, it's a, it's a great addition. That's three um, brilliant albums so far, so we'll stick that on the list, and we're going to, the, the podcast team will review that at the end when we get to the the reviewing the first hundred, and we'll then get all the guest stuff on there as well, uh, and you'll get the chance to vote for your own one back as well, so, or change your mind, obviously, if that's what you want to do, so. Cool. Um, brilliant. Thanks for that. Uh, right. So for the next podcast, when we hit the top 50, our next five records are Jay-Z, The Blueprint, uh, Out- Outcast, Aquamini, um, Bob Marley, Legend, brackets, compilation, close brackets, <laughs> um, The Ramones, The Ramones, and Same. Paul Simon, Gracelands. So as ever, uh, it'll be a, a challenging chat. There's a bit in there to, to go and ponder. Um, Graham, you got a, a, a thumbs up, thumbs down on those five? So Jay-Z Blueprint? Don't know it. Okay. Uh, Outcast Acrimony? I like Outcast, but I don't necessarily know that album. So, we've, voted, uh, we've already voted, uh, sorry, we voted it out, but we've already had an Outcast album that we actually quite liked, but it was, I think, more touch and go if I remember. Um, Bob Marley Legend? Dan Cornwall. Compilation. Well, it's a compilation, but uh, you know, I like oh, it. Controversial, controversial. I love every song on it, and I'm <laughs> voting no. Yeah, I know. We we have voted. Uh, we voted Marley in so far. We voted in Exodus, I think. So, um, so he has got a place in the in the list. Uh, Ramones, Ramones. Every song on that album's brilliant. Ramones, Ramones. Yeah, well, of course, yes. of course, and Paul Simon, Gracelands. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks, Brilliant, Thanks for that. Make sure you go on Twitter and use your vote then when we, we whack it on there. Um, right, guys, have I missed anything tonight? Covered a, a lot of ground there. Been one or two techie glitches, so apologies for that, but hopefully it'll all come out okay. Have you missed anything, guys? And George, Lisa, Stephen? Nope, all good. Apologies for being late. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, listen, um, Graham, can't thank you enough, mate. I know you've had a busy few days, and um, thanks again for. Uh, for the gig last week, uh, we had a we had a cracking night, mate. So um, hopefully we'll do that again soon. All right, um, everybody, thanks for your time, and in, until next time, we'll uh, we'll catch up soon. Stay safe, everyone. All the best. Cheers now. Thank you. Bye, Cheers. bye, Cheers. bye. Cheers. bye. Cheers. bye.